What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Talking Sports Down South podcast. Well, we finally made it one week without having to go and catch, you know, weeks, you know, two weeks worth of uh, content, um, which is good. <clears throat> um, let's see. First things first, you know. We're still, you know, thinking about the people down there in uh, South Florida that just was just destroyed by Hurricane Ian. Um, Hoping for positive things down there. Uh, To hope for a quick recovery. And um, I was right. Um... Uh, we did end up, remember, on the last podcast, I was saying that normally during natural disasters, uh, my church will, um, I think it's called Convoy for Hope or something, I can't remember, send an 18-wheeler truckload of um, hygienic stuff down there, and that's what we end up doing, so we're still praying for the people down there in South Florida here at the Talking Sports Down South podcast. <clears throat> um, also, if you if you didn't catch it last week, actually two weeks ago, uh, the Dolphins were playing. Um, what was it? The Bills and uh, Tua Tagovailoa took a nasty hit. Got up and was stumbling around. Went to the locker room for concussion protocol, and somehow he cleared the concussion protocol and was allowed to come back into the game. I don't quite understand that one, but hey, whatever. I'm not a part of that uh, group of people that decide whether you can come back to the game or not. So fast forward to last Thursday. uh, It was the Dolphins versus the Bengals, and Tua got slung to the ground again, and this time his whole body locked up, which I've seen... Which I understand, like you can't trust everything you see on the internet. But uh, I think the doctor that discovered CTE and he ended up uh, the movie that Will Smith had played in um, about CTE. I think he was the one behind that, and um, you know he had just come out and he was like, "Like I advise you to retire." never take another snap of football to Tua, um, which I don't think he said that to his face. Um, I think it was more just on like maybe an interview or, or something like that. But um, we are praying for the Tagovailoa family, even though, I mean, you can see I'm wearing my LSU jersey, even though, you know, I'm an LSU fan and he went to Alabama doesn't mean that we are heartless people down here. So I am praying for the Tagovailoa family, and uh, hope uh, hope Tua gets back right. And if he feels like he can play football again, and hey, um, I'm sure the Dolphins would be glad to have you come back. I know they got old Teddy Two Gloves playing for him right now. Um, but yeah, we are thinking about the Tagovailoa family. And hope nothing but positive things come with uh, come out of to a situation. Hopefully, no long term damage is done to his brain. 
Oh, honestly, I don't even really know where to start. Um, you know, I know everybody uses the excuses when their team loses. Oh, the officiating was terrible. That's the that's the go to excuse. And who can blame you? Uh, I mean, you, you don't want to come out and say your team sucks, but in reality, you just need to, you know, go ahead and just say, "Hey, my team sucks." So. But with me saying that, uh, the officiating in both collegiate and professional football is starting to look a lot like the uh, replacement ref year. What was that? I can't remember what year that was. Um, You know, if you follow football, you know the refs had a lockout and they had some replacement refs. And the very first game of the year was... um, Seattle versus Green Bay, you know, the whole controversy, was it an interception, was it a touchdown? No one knows. People are going to have their opinions about it. But um, I think it was I think it was the Baylor game. I'm almost positive it was the Baylor game last Saturday, um, the punt returner. You know, I went back and I've watched the video several times, and the official said that he waved for a fair catch. Well, I had went back and I've watched the video, you know, several times and I don't see a fair catch signal. I see him getting up underneath the ball and then catch it and start to run. Um, but I feel like, I don't know. I feel like the officials hold too much power in the game. And I know that sounds dumb, but, um, yeah, it's just stuff like that. I mean, you never know. He could have broke off for a touchdown. That could have been a game-changing play that they just blew dead for whatever reason. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, the officials, there are some bogus calls that's been called uh, here lately. And just like, you know, any other game, you're going to have missed calls or, you know, bad calls or whatever. But... Anyway, I just thought I'd point that out. Um, We'll start with the NFL first this week, um, just because I think we normally start with college. Uh, We'll go ahead and get the NFL knocked out, and then we'll talk about some college football. Um, Well, this will be airing after the Thursday night game between the Indianapolis Colts versus the Denver Walmart Broncos. I'm just kidding. They're still just the Denver Broncos. I watched part of that game. I didn't finish it, but I did keep up with uh, box scores, and uh, I did still have the game on, but it wasn't where I was actually watching it. I'd walk in the room, look up, watch a few plays, but that was a, a very boring game. I mean, between Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson, they combined for four interceptions, zero touchdowns. I think they had over like four to 500 passing yards, but what good are those yards if you can't put it in the end zone? Um, so, yeah, that was pretty much a boring game. The only takeaway that I could see from that game is The Denver Broncos head coach, he needs to go into the concussion protocol. 
It's fourth and one. You're on the five-yard line. You're in the red zone in overtime. Indianapolis was up 12 to nine. I understand your mentality of wanting to win instead of getting a tie. But it's fourth and one in the red zone in overtime. You're down by three. Kick the field goal. Defense on both sides were playing pretty decent ball all night. Try to you know, rely on your defense to hold the Indianapolis offense, put you in a scoring position for a field goal or even a turnover. You don't throw the ball there. You kick the three, you tie it up, and you hope that your defense can make something happen and stop the offense from scoring. But instead, you go for it on fourth and one, and just like in the Super Bowl, you know, I'm not going to blame Russell Wilson for the Super Bowl play. I mean, you got Marshawn Lynch. You should have ran the ball. But, um, yeah, I don't know. They sh- that, that, that was a play that should not have happened. I would have just kicked a field goal. But, hey, I'm not a NFL head coach, GM, assistant. I'm not even a water boy for the NFL. So, my opinion is irrelevant. Um, looks like, um, I guess we'll go ahead and get it out of the way. The very first game on Sunday morning at 830. I ain't used to being up that early on Sunday mornings unless I have to work at the church. Um, but yeah, the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints. They went to London and played football, American football, I should say, since they were in London. Um, Jameis Winston was out with his four fractured vertebrae and I think an ankle injury. Um, so Andy Dalton stepped in for the start. His first start as a New Orleans Saint. Uh, and I've been asked this several times this week. Oh, what did I think about Andy Dalton's outing? What did I think? You know, do you think he's better than Jameis? Do you think he can win with the Saints? Look, I'm not one to make excuses like the refs cost us the game or, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm pretty much just going to call it how I see it. And our problems... They start at the very top with Dennis Allen. I was not a fan of the Dennis Allen hire. I was on the fence for wanting, you know, Doug Peterson, but he ended up going to Jacksonville. And, well, we see how that's turning out for uh, the Jaguars over in Duval County. But, no, I was not a fan of the Dennis Allen hire for head coach in New Orleans. I mean, the man... At the time, I think he's like 10 and 28 as a head coach, something like that. He's won one game, two games uh, as a uh, head coach or interim coach for the Saints. He won. He was the interim coach last year against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game when we end up winning nine to nothing. Um, <clears throat> and then his first win was that fourth quarter comeback, 16 point deficit against Atlanta in week one. But since then, the play calling has just been all kinds of backwards. He wants to, you know, pass first on first down and run on second and third instead of running on first and second or 
running just a balanced offense just in general. It is just and I understand Alvin Kamara wasn't in the game Sunday for the uh for the Vikings game. But you still had Latavius Murray, which ended up playing pretty well. And then somehow instead of making him to the main uh to the active roster, he left him on the practice squad and he ended up in Denver Monday morning or Tuesday morning, something like that. <clears throat> but again, you know, uh, play calling is just atrocious. Uh, Dennis Allen and Pete Carmel. I don't know if they're getting their playbooks from a Cracker Jack box or from the 50 cent quarter, uh, 50 cent gumball machine, but the play calling has just been atrocious. And then, you know, it just snowballs from there. Offensive line allowing pressure to get into the pocket and allowed. To, I mean, there was a few plays on Sunday where Dalton had nothing, no other choice but to take a sack or throw the ball away or try to scramble out of the pocket. And one of them ended up leading to a fumble and the pocket just collapsed on him too quickly. And it's the defense is, I mean, the offensive line, there's got to be better protection. Uh, Ryan Ramchak has just had a pretty terrible year so far. Um, and you know, Ryan Ramchak's usually one of our, um, one of our better offensive linemen, but I don't know what's going on with him this year. It is not something's not clicking. I don't know what's happening. Um, it's definitely not the Sean Payton led Saints that I and the rest of the Houdat Nation are used to seeing. And you know, just after the offensive line, then it goes to the quarterback. You know, yes, I am a Jameis Winston fan. I am not afraid to say I am a Jameis Winston fan. I am a supporter of Jameis Winston because. They have drugged this man through the mud for his one year where he threw 30 interceptions. Yes, I understand 30 interceptions is a lot. But it just seems like that they are just dragging this man through the mud. And if I do recall, I think it was 1999, 98, 2000, something like that. I, If I recall correctly, and before you say anything, before I get any, you know, comments or emails or anything um no i am not comparing Jameis winston to this quarterback i am just comparing statistics that does not mean i'm saying Jameis is as great as this quarterback but if i do recall correctly Jameis had those 30 interceptions under bruce arians and if i do recall if i do recall correctly peyton manning through 28 interceptions in one season, and he is dubbed by some as the GOAT. I mean, are we just going to forget that 28 interception season? Or are we just going to act like, hey, yo, he messed up? I'm trying to figure out where the difference is because Jameis's interceptions, I think his highest total before that 30 interception season was like 18, which don't get me wrong, that's still high. Um, but why, why does he get the scrutiny that he gets where I guarantee had social media been a big platform, uh, when Peyton Manning threw his 28 interceptions, uh, in a year, I think it was, um, rookie year or his second year in the league. I can't really remember, but it was one of the two, but yeah, nobody wants to talk about Peyton throwing them 28 interceptions. And when they do bring it up, everyone makes excuses for it. Like if you would have based his career off of the, 
I think he had like a hundred and some odd interceptions his first five years. If you would have based his career off of the first five years of his, off the first five seasons of his career, you wouldn't have thought that he would be a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback in the Hall of Fame. Now, with that being said, I'm not saying that Jameis will win a Super Bowl. I am not saying that he will go into the Hall of Fame. I watched Jameis play last season, and he threw 14 touchdowns and three interceptions. So right now, I think he has five interceptions. So he has two more through four games than he did through six games last year. Um, But he's also playing hurt. Uh, with four fractured vertebrae, so that could potentially be it. Again, I'm not going to try to make excuses. I mean, if you're hurt, you're hurt. Tell the coach, hey, I cannot play this weekend. I am uncomfortable. I cannot pivot. I, there's no range of motion with my back. I, I, you know, sit out. I understand you're in fear of losing your starting job, but you can't let your team fail like that just because you want to be selfish and start. Um, but yeah, Andy Dalton done, Andy Dalton done. Okay. We put some points on the board before the second half of the game, which was a different site, but Hey, um, uh, do I think Andy Dalton can win games in new Orleans? Well, yeah. I mean, we have the talent around us. We, you know, we've got Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, which is out with turf toe. Um, seems like that man's always injured. Uh, you know, we got Alvin Kamara, Chris Olave, which is one of the, which is the best rookie receiver of the year. Uh, so far he was rookie player of the month last seat last month. Um, so yeah, I think Andy Dalton can win as a, uh, New Orleans Saints quarterback. I have no doubt in my mind he can, but there's some things that need to be wrapped up on the offense of line uh, and then route running some of the receivers and quarterbacks aren't connected on the route, you know, whatever it is. Uh, defense, the defense, I mean, pff, Justin Jefferson just, he put up like a hundred and what was it, 160 yards on us last week? Let's see. 147. I'm sorry. Um, the defense has got to play better. They are, I don't know what's going on with the defense, but we have too much talent on the, on the defensive side of the ball, um, to be playing like we're playing. I mean, we just got our first interception last week from Tyron Matthew, which that is a player, you know, coming in on the off season was, we were so hyped up. Oh, Tyron Matthew, Tyron Matthew, Marcus May. And Matthew has just been, it's been absent a lot this season, except for the one interception. But yeah, the defensive side of the ball, we've got to get better. And another thing that we have to get better at in general is uh, is uh, penalties, for sure penalties, because we had... 10 penalties for 102 yards. So a whole football field worth of penalties where Minnesota had five for 35. It's not a good look. Um, So, 
we just got to we need to get more discipline for sure because we've been killing ourselves with uh, penalties. Like I just said, 102 yards worth of penalty that's that's uncalled for. It's not that we're shooting ourselves in the foot. So if the Saints want to start winning, which we have Seattle this weekend, then offensive line's got to get better with the protection. They need to stop letting people come in. They need they need to hold the protection. You can't let the pocket collapse so quickly. Um, uh, the defense has just got to get better. The whole team has to get better as far as penalties. Uh, you, you can't win football games with a hundred and some odd yards of penalties. It just, I mean, you can, but it's going to be difficult. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, that's where I'm at with the saints. I don't care who's at quarterback. I'll be a supporter of them and I'll hope, uh, that they do good. But, um, at the end of the day, whether it was Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston, we still got the same scenario that we have the last three weeks, and that's a big L in the loss column. So, I mean, the, the whole team just has to get better, in my personal opinion. Um, I'm not a sports analysis. I'm not a sports critic. So you can do whatever you want with my opinion. Uh, hold it with a grain of salt. Uh, my opinion may not match yours. Um but, you know, that, that's just where I'm at with it. I, I don't know what else more to say about it. The, the whole team in general just has to get better. And it's got to start with the with the coaches and the uh, and the coaching staff and the play calls and yeah, just start from the top and go to the bottom, and you'll see a big difference. But, hey, it, like I said, I wasn't a fan of the Dennis Allen hire. Um I guess we'll do some takeaways from games throughout the week. We'll start off with Thursday night football, the Miami Dolphins and the uh and the uh Cincinnati Bengals. I mean Tyreek Hill and Justin Je- or uh T Higgins just went off. Tyreek had ten receptions for hundred and sixty yards. I mean he didn't have a touchdown, but hey. Uh T Higgins just he was he had seven receptions for 124 yards and one touchdown. That's pretty good stats, in my opinion. Um, seven receptions for 124 yards. I mean, he's averaging 17.7 yards per carry. I mean, Jamar Chase, I don't know. I mean, he had four receptions for 81 yards, averaging 20.3 yards per carry, uh, per catch. But he didn't have any touchdowns. Uh, it seemed like it was definitely a Justin Burrow, T. Higgins type of night. Switch it up a little bit. Get off the Jamar Chase train, which don't get me wrong. Hey, I told you, I'm an LSU fan. I loved when Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson were both in uh, um, uh, LSU. So, uh, I guess we'll move it on down to the Falcons and the Browns. Uh, Atlanta is now tied for first, I think, in the NFC South with a two and two record. Um, I mean, Marcus Mariota had a subpar night. You know, he went seven of nineteen for one hundred thirty nine yards and one interception, no touchdowns. Um, I mean, Jacoby Brissett didn't have too much more of a better night. I mean, he ended up throwing 234 yards, zero touchdowns and an interception. Uh the running game though for uh Cleveland was pretty good. Nick Chubb with 118 yards. 
uh, with a touchdown on 19 carries. I mean, Cleveland, they had 177 rushing yards total. I mean, Atlanta had them beat out with 202, but still. uh, They end up having um, 226 total passing yards. But what killed them is they had two turnovers and 51 yards worth of penalties. So, but Young Wei Ku or Young Young Ho Ku, Young Ho Ku ended up saving them with a 45 yard field goal. Uh, with a game winning field goal, uh, Cleveland just couldn't come back and get it done. Um, I still feel like Atlanta's going to be in a rebuild mode. I'm not 100% sure that Marcus Mariota is the answer for them. Um, I know there were a few people that were rooting for him. Uh, but I just, I don't think that he's the answer for, um, for Atlanta. Uh, I mean, I think Cordell Patterson even went out with an injury too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so that's a big loss for Atlanta losing Cordell Patterson. Um, Yeah, I, I don't really have too much to say about uh, Atlanta being since they're you know division rivals, but uh, it, it is a big loss if Cordell Patterson's out for a substantial amount of time. Heck, he might even be back this week. I'm not a hundred percent sure, and we'll check on that right now. Cordell Patterson. Uh, yeah, I think he is out with an injury. He is on IR. So yeah, Cordell will be out for a few weeks. Hopefully not the whole season. I mean, as a Saints fan, yeah, hopefully the whole season. It'll be a big, uh, it's a big loss for Atlanta regardless. Um, I guess we can just move on. Atlanta's just the offense. Marcus Mariota's got to get better. But Atlanta's also, I mean, they don't really have a whole lot of weapons. Cordell Patterson and Kyle Pitts, in my opinion. Um, maybe if they get some weapons in there, they'll be able to do something. Uh, but Marcus Mariota's got to get better. I guess we'll move on to the Cowboys and the Commanders. Um, wow. Cooper Rush has got the Cowboys sitting at what? Four and one. I think. Yeah. No, three and one. One, two, three. Yeah. Three and one. They play uh, LA Sunday uh, afternoon. So he's three, and zero as the starting quarterback for uh, Dallas. Dak might want to look out for his job, which he signed that big contract. I don't think they're going to start Cooper Rush over Dak Prescott, but he ended up going 15 to 27, 223 yards, and two touchdowns, no interceptions. This man, people are going to be begging for him in uh, off season. But, I mean, when you got players like CeeDee Lamb and Ezekiel Elliott, and I'm not saying those are the main reason why he looks good. He, I mean, he may be a good quarterback. You never know. 
Um, yeah, CD went off with six receptions for 97 yards and one touchdown. Uh, yeah, he's averaging, he was averaging 16.2 yards per pass. So, uh, he only had two incomplete passes, uh, the whole game. Now, Ezekiel Elliott, mm, he didn't look the greatest. I mean, he did have 49 yards, but he, only he got that on 19 attempts. So that's what 2.5, 2.6 yards per carry. Um, Michael Gallup ended up giving them their second touchdown of the game. And he had 24 yards on uh, two receptions, you know, 12 yards per, ca- uh, per pass. Um, I don't know. Maybe Cooper Rush can, um, I mean, they were playing Washington, though, which, I mean, I know Cooper Rush is 3-0, and but you know, let's I mean, he's played he, he beat Cincy, I give him that he beat New York I mean, it's the Giants and he beat Washington, so he had one tough game, which since he's been kind of low-key suspect all season so far, Carson Wentz just looked like hot, hot, hot garbage with 170 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, he was 25 of 42. So, yeah, nothing to really brag about. But they do play the Rams, which, again, the, the two Super Bowl teams – or low key suspect this year. Like, I don't. Definitely might have been a fluke for those two teams in the Super Bowl last year. Their biggest test, if Cooper Rush stays as the quarterback, will be uh, in two weeks. They will be playing the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. So that'll be the true test for them and Cooper Rush. The Eagles are the only undefeated team left, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I look for Dallas taking the win this week against uh, L.A., so let's see. We'll move on to the Seahawks and Lions. Woo, that was a high-scoring game, 48-45. to 45. Where does this Lions offense come from? I mean, they've got, you know, Jared Goff out here looking like, uh, Super Bowl winning quarterback, which he's not. He may have been to a Super Bowl, but he didn't win it. I mean, this man's out here throwing four touchdowns, 378 yards. I mean, I understand the Seahawks got the win, um, but it was only by three points. So, uh, I mean, Detroit's got the number one scoring off. Heck, they have the number one offense in the in the league right now. So, I mean, can you imagine if Jamison Williams was available to play right now? Whew. I mean, him and I mean, even T.J. Hawkinson is he's had two touchdowns, one hundred seventy nine yards on eight receptions. I mean, <laughs> this dude. And, and the bad thing is, he's not even a receiver. 
he's a tight end, and this man's out here averaging 22 yards per catch. I mean, their next best receiver is Josh Reynolds with 81 yards on seven receptions, averaging 11 yards per carry. And then uh, Tom Kennedy had 54 yards on three receptions. Um, And then it just, you know, nobody else was over uh, 50 yards. Uh, But you did have... um, Justin Jackson, he ended up getting a touchdown in with him. So, you know, TJ Hawkinson had two. Uh, Josh Reynolds had one. And uh, Justin Jackson had one touchdown, uh, one reception touchdown. Uh, And then Jamal Williams had two rushing touchdowns for 108 yards. But, I mean, he was only averaging 5.7 yards per carry, which that ain't bad. Um, but yeah, Detroit might be the team to look out for to, if you got them on the schedule, don't expect a slouch game because they're going to put some points up on you. Uh, I guess let's move on to the Titans and the Colts. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Matt Ryan up there in Indianapolis, but, uh, he, uh, I mean, he, he threw for 300 56 yards, two touchdowns, and interception. But, you know, Ryan Tannehill threw for 137 yards and two touchdowns. The touchdowns is what matters the most. Some yards don't mean nothing. And Tannehill only had four incompleted passes. Uh, but the reason why they got the win, you know, Derrick Henry out here running 114 yards. And on top of Ryan Tannehill's two touchdowns, I just. Indianapolis is not a good team this year. I mean, I know they got the win last night, but Indy is not a good team, and I think they thought they were going to pull another Phillip Rivers when they signed Matt Ryan, but yeah, Matt Ryan, whew. I've been watching Matt Ryan since he come in the league since, you know, he was an Atlanta fan, and you know, I ain't never seen Matt Ryan look this bad. I mean, he just looks terrible up there in Indianapolis. I don't know if it's just the lack of connection with him and his receivers, but um, when I say connection, I don't mean on the field. I meant like a bond. Uh, I mean, he he's getting the yards, but they're not getting the wins. And that's not necessarily on all on Matt Ryan. I'm just saying he doesn't look the greatest up there in Indianapolis. I mean, the defense gave up, uh, well, 243 total yards, but I mean, when you have three turnovers, it's not going to help you. I mean, Matt Ryan had one of them and then two fumbles. So you give your team the opportunity to score on three turnovers, it's not going to be a good night for you. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe Andy can figure it out. They still got a little ways to go. Uh, let's see. Let's find a better game to really talk about. Uh, man, that Chiefs and Buccaneers game. That's where we're going to go to. Uh, at one point, the Bucks were just... They were down... It was like 21-3 to at one point. It was getting ugly, and it was getting ugly quick. Uh, but... 
uh, Patrick Mahomes had a few had had one pass in specific, like he was just throwing a layup. I guess you could call it. I don't know, but he Patrick Mahomes was doing Patrick Mahomes. Um, yo, I've said it several times. People were talking about. Oh, the Chiefs aren't going to be anything good because they lost Tyreek. Patrick needs Tyreek. Ah, well, when you throw 249 yards, three touchdowns, you don't really need Tyreek. I mean, um, especially when you got Travis Kelsey. As long as you got Travis Kelsey, you're always going to be in contention to win a game. Um, But the Bucs, man. I mean, you know, Mike Evans had the two touchdowns and 108 yards on eight re- – no, I'm sorry, 103 yards on eight receptions, uh, averaging 12.9 yards per catch. But, uh, I mean, Leonard Fournette had negative three rushing yards on three uh, three attempts. So, <laughs> I mean, and uh, – Rashad White didn't look any better. I mean, he had six yards, but he had a touchdown. But he also had a fumble, too. Uh, Tom Brady isn't looking like Tom Brady. I mean, he is, but he's not. I mean, yeah, the man threw for 385 yards, but he also threw the ball 52 times. You know, you being a 45-year-old quarterback, you got to lower the numbers down a little bit and rely on the rest of your team to help out. I mean, he didn't throw any picks, so, I mean, that's good. Um... But I, I think this whole, I, I don't know, I've seen a whole bunch of stuff about, you know, a divorce and everything. I don't know what's going on. It's none of my business. That's their family. They deal with what they got going on. Um, but I feel like his mind's elsewhere. And, uh, I mean, they, who they got in week four? The Falcons. Uh, well, they might end up taking that game. Um. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of good games this past week. Uh, the 49ers and the Rams, I, I don't know. Like I said, the Rams are suspect. I, whole Super Bowl teams were suspect. Packers with an overtime win over uh, 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 New England. Uh, I've, I've got Aaron Rodgers as my starting quarterback on fantasy, and I don't even think I started him last week. I think I started Derek Carr, and he ended up getting – uh, I ended up losing last. No, I won last week. Did I start Derek or did I start? Um, no, I started Matt Ryan or uh, Aaron Rodgers. It was the week before I started Derek Carr, and Derek Carr ended up getting more points. But um. Uh, that's another player. I feel like Aaron's not in it. I feel like he's just there. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand you don't have Devontae Adams no more. Um, but you still got um, Alan Lazard, and he put up 116 yards last week on six receptions. I mean, this man's averaging 19.3 yards per catch. So the players are there to make the plays. I mean, I understand Alan Lazard isn't the whole team. Um, 
but I mean, I, I, he's another one of them. I feel like his mind isn't in the game. Uh, but hey, what am I to say? Uh, I'm not the head coach. I'm not Matt Lafleur. Um, for my fantasy sake, I hope Aaron Rodgers gets it together and puts up a little more than you know, 14, 16 yards or sixteen points a game. So first game he only had one point two. So, but we'll check in on week five and make our predictions like always. And then we'll jump in into college football. Um, yeah, Seattle versus New Orleans in the dome. My gut's telling me to take Seattle and I'm a Saints fan. My gut's telling me to take Seattle. But my mind is telling me to take New Orleans because I just feel like that this can't go on forever, that there's going to be some changes made. So I'm actually going to take New Orleans this week against Seattle. I don't. I doubt they cover the spread. But, yes, I don't want to sound like a, a, a biased homer. I'm going to take New Orleans, but I, I really feel like I should be taking Seattle. Packers and the Giants taking the Packers. Bills, Steelers. Bills is my Super Bowl champion prediction for this year. I feel like it's going to be Philly versus the Bills. Um, but I'm taking Buffalo over Seattle, uh, Pittsburgh. I'll take the Browns over the Chargers. Definitely going to take the Vikings over the Bears. Uh, I'm actually going to take the Lions over the Patriots because that offense has been deadly. Um, Dolphins over the Jets. Uh, let's see. I, I, I gotta go with the Buccaneers. I mean, anytime you got Tom Brady on the team, you kind of gotta go with him. So I'm gonna go with the Bucks over the Falcons. <clears throat> Titans over the Commanders. I'll take the Jaguars over the Texans. 49ers over the Panthers. As soon as they get rid of, uh, Matt Rule. And the Panthers can turn things around. Matt Rule is not a NFL quarterback. I'm taking Cooper Rush and the Cowboys over the Rams. Definitely Eagles over Cardinals. Uh, Kyler Murray just, whew, he hadn't looked like he's worth that big contract. Take the Ravens over the Bengals. Chiefs over the Raiders. And, well, I can't make the prediction. Actually, I'll take the Colts over the Broncos. Hey, look, I got that one right. But that are my predictions for week five of the NFL. Now let's jump into some of that college. In my opinion, uh, this is my top four right now. Number one is not an SEC team, and I'm an SEC fan. Number one should not be Alabama or Georgia. It should be Ohio State. Yes, I understand they lost to Notre Dame week one but they have been running it down their opponents' throats since that loss. I mean, uh, I mean, Alabama had a close one against Texas. They bumped down one. Georgia had two close ones against Missouri and Kent State uh, last week with Missouri and then Kent State the week before. Let me find Ohio State. Yes, I'm looking up stats during the podcast. Don't believe me. There it is. 
Yes, I have the new Galaxy Fold, and yes, I like it. No, I'm not an Apple fan. Uh, I mean, I understand they've only played Toledo, Arkansas State, Wisconsin, Rutgers, and Notre Dame. But they've just, I mean, they beat Toledo 77-21. Wisconsin, that's an in-conference. I mean, that is, uh, I'm not going to say a rival. Their rival's Michigan. But, I mean, they beat them 52-21, to ran it down Rutgers 49-10. to So, since that loss to Notre Dame, and or since that, that, that win against Notre Dame, I don't know why I keep saying loss, since they beat Notre Dame week one, which I understand 21-10, to it was a close game, and then Notre Dame's just kind of fallen off since uh, Brian Kelly's left. Ohio State should be the number one team in the country, in my opinion. But, hey, I am not a part of the – the the committee to decide that um you know i don't know what's going on with georgia but they've had two close calls back to back weeks missouri and then kent state i mean they only won by what four points against missouri and then kent state they only won by where is it at it's too far back to remember I mean, they won 39-22, to 22, but Kent State shouldn't have even had 22 points on the board. I mean, Stinson Bennett, I was giving this man praises the first few weeks. But, uh, I mean, again, 272 yards, but he had an interception. Those yards don't mean nothing when you can't put the points on the board. The run game is what helped them out. I mean, they had... They had almost as much rushing yards as they did passing yards. They ended up having three turnovers, so I don't know what's going on with Georgia, but if they don't get it figured out and get it figured out quick, things can look bad because they've got um, Auburn this week. And Auburn, um, Auburn's no slouch. I mean, they're not you know, top three in the SEC right now, but they're no slouch. Uh I took Kentucky over Ole Miss last week, and I lost on that one. Kentucky ended up losing 19-22, to which they, I mean, almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Ole Miss might have something going on down there. And, well, where I live is up there in Oxford. Uh, yeah, Jackson Dart. He seems to be like a pretty decent quarterback. He's only he got three interceptions on the year on five touchdowns, so he's almost got a one for one. But uh, their run game is pretty good up up there in Oxford. Um, I feel like if they get that quarterback situation, get that almost one for one um, touchdown interception ratio, they're going to do pretty decent. Um, they're going to get a good bowl game. Don't get me wrong. Uh, they're definitely not going to make the playoffs by no means. Um, I was just surprised that Kentucky was at number seven. Oh, let's see. Let's move on. Oh, I, I, look at here. Look at here. Mississippi State versus the number 17 team in the country. And in my opinion, one of the o- most overrated teams in the country. Mississippi State just, whew, they trampled. Texas A&M 42 to 24. 
I mean, Will Rogers is out here slinging three touchdowns, 329 yards. Uh, while Max Johnson, I ain't got no love for old Max Johnson jumping ship. He had 203 yards with a touchdown. But, um, you know what's funny? Mississippi State, I don't even, I mean, they had 138 yards of penalties. Mississippi State's got to be one of the most undisciplined teams in college football because they had a lot of penalties when they played us uh, two weeks ago. Uh, but A&M had four turnovers. They only had 383 yard, 88 yards total on the whole game where Mississippi State had 473. Texas A&M is overrated. They were overrated coming into this season. They were so hyped up because they got that win against Alabama last year, and they've just been riding the wave, and that wave has crashed, and it has crashed hard. The money, you can get the players with the money, but it doesn't mean you're going to be in contention for the national championship. you got to get more than just one top-notch player. Um, week one, I was giving the University of Florida their praises. Uh, I was wrong. Florida has just been... Whew, they haven't been good all season. Uh, I mean, they've had that one game against number seven Utah, but you lose to number twenty Kentucky, lose to number eleven, or at the time number twenty Kentucky, at the time number eleven Tennessee. So you got the one win against the top twenty-five team, and the other top twenty-five teams you play, you lose to. One game you lost by ten. The next one you lost by what was that? Five. Yeah, you got wins over South Florida and Eastern Washington, but well, I mean, what does that mean? I mean, what does that what does that do for you? Uh, but I was high on Anthony Richardson, especially being in the Heisman role, Heisman run. But I'm starting to change my mind now. I mean, this man's got six interceptions and four touchdowns, passing touchdowns on the year. He got more interceptions than he does passing touchdowns. Now, rushing, he's got five, or, yeah, he got five rushing touchdowns. I mean, he got more rushing touchdowns than passing touchdowns. So, yeah, uh, things have went south in Gainesville and have went south quick. Um, that LSU versus Auburn. Jaden Daniels has still yet to throw an interception, um, but he didn't throw any passing touchdowns. He only had 80 yards passing. But, I don't know, the receivers – I I seen this past week where he has where he called a receiving receiver quarterback meeting only to try to figure some things out. So, because we're gonna need it, we got Tennessee this week. But the run game was whew, the run game was there. I mean, we had 185 yards rushing. We had more rushing yards than we did passing yards. So we was a running team last Saturday. And there was one play. I think that was the play that ended up sealing the deal. Yep, that was the John Emery Jr. touchdown for 20 yards where he just mowed over that middle linebacker and just told him, get out of my way. Um, Jaden Daniels got a rushing touchdown. Then we got a uh, a fumble, touched a, a, a scoop six. Uh, it wasn't looking too good there in the beginning. We was down 17 to nothing 
up until the almost the end of the second quarter. Um, then come out, got the one touchdown in the third quarter there at the end of it. And uh, fourth quarter, we got nothing. But I, I am seeing things turn around. Uh, the, the penalties aren't getting any better. I mean, we had 94 yards worth of penalties. So um, the penalties aren't getting any better. We're, we're controlling the turnovers a little bit. We only had one turnover all game. Uh, I, I wish the passing game would, would heat up a little bit. But, hey, I... I take the win. Uh, let's see. What were some other good games last week? Michigan barely squeaking out against Iowa 27-14. to Oh, oh, Oklahoma, the number 18 team in the country, loses to unranked TCU 55-24. Uh, yeah, I definitely say that that is not a good look. So I am officially taking TCU or, uh, Oklahoma out of my top four, the final of the year. I'm still kind of leaning on, uh, SoCal because they're the number six team in the country. Well, I don't know what's the, what's the update updated, uh, top 25. Michigan still not it's they'll probably be number five if I had to guess. Heck, they might have a week off. Uh Oregon's looking pretty good uh since that loss against Georgia, but um we'll get to them in a second. USC is still number six. Who's the number five team in the country? Clemson. Oh, Clemson. Okay. I guess I can accept that. Um but I'm still taking USC to be uh, one of those number fours. I feel like Michigan's going to end up losing to Ohio State. Uh, C.J. Stroud's just, he's on it. Uh, Michigan's going to lose to Ohio State, so it's either going to be between uh, Clemson or um, University of Southern California uh, at that number four spot. But that one, I mean... Clemson beat NC State, the number 10 team in the country, by 10 points. So, um, let's talk about Oregon for a second. Because since week one, they've played Eastern Washington, beat them 70-14, to beat number 12 at the time, number 12, BYU, 41-30, to Washington State. Ooh, never mind. They beat them 44-41. to and they beat Stanford this past week, forty-five to twenty-seven. Uh, let's see, Bo Nix, he's had twelve touchdowns on the year, and his interceptions has been minimal. Uh, three interceptions. So, but I mean, his their best game was uh, BYU. Uh, but it's still the Pac-12. If any team's going to come out of the Pac-12, it's going to be. Um, USC for the number four spot. We'll go ahead and make some predictions for uh, this week's college football. Uh, Top 25. We've got number eight versus number 25, Tennessee versus number 25, LSU. Number eight, Tennessee versus number 25, LSU in Baton Rouge. I'm going to take LSU. 
yes, I'm going to be a homer with this one and take LSU. I do feel like that we are starting to clean up a lot of plays. I feel like we squeak it out barely. It ain't going to be a blowout. But I'm going to take number 25 to upset the number eight team in the country. Let's go. Uh, I'm actually going to take Kansas over TCU. Uh, number four, Michigan over Indiana. Arkansas, I'm going to take – Arkansas is another one of those overrated teams coming into the end of the season. Um, but I'm actually going to take Arkansas over Mississippi State. I'll take Cincinnati over South Florida. I'll take Oklahoma State over Texas Tech. I'll take – I'm actually going to take UCLA over number 11 – number 18 UCLA over number 11 Utah. Um I'm going to sound like an idiot here, but if Georgia plays the way they have the last two weeks, I'm taking Auburn over Georgia. But I feel like I need to stick with Georgia. I'm going to stick with Georgia. I think Georgia's fitting to come back and just beat the holy crap out of Auburn. Obviously, I'm going to take number three, Ohio State, over Michigan State. Um, Washington, Number 21, Washington over Arizona State. I'll take number nine, Ole Miss over Vandy. I'll take number 15, Wake Forest over Army. Number five, Clemson over at Boston College. Number 20 over uh, Kansas State over Iowa State. Obviously, I'm going to go USC. I got them as a dark horse. They're playing uh, Washington State. I'll take Kentucky over South Carolina. BYU over Notre Dame. I'm actually going to take Florida State over NC State. Uh, I'm going to take Alabama over Texas A&M. Again, they've been overrated. I'll take number 12, Oregon over Arizona. So that are my that is my um, predictions for college football. I thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, send in your emails. Hey, let's get some emails. Talking Sports Down South. That's T A L K I N Sports Down South at gmail.com. Um, I'm trying to set up the interview with right hand pitcher for the San Antonio Missions, Felix Menjarez, in the coming weeks. I've also got an inter- uh, uh, interview lined up with somebody I follow on Facebook called The Gaming Grunt. Uh, he, he's a big sports, big football fan as well, Saints fan. Uh, so look for that in the coming weeks. Um, yeah, um, give us a follow. Give us uh, follow us. Leave us a rating. Uh, share it. Get it out to all your friends. We're steadily growing. We're getting a little bit more. I've got YouTube video, YouTube page up, Facebook page up, Spotify. It's on Spotify, Google Podcasts. The only thing I'm not on right now is Apple on uh, iTunes, but I will get there. Please don't worry. I will get there. Um, Thank you for listening to me ramble on for um, an hour. As soon as my buddy gets his stuff all figured out, you'll have more than just me. You'll have a lot of debates. Um, But I thank y'all for listening, and I will catch y'all on the next time.